Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Got to be a big professional today. Some would say that we are professionals. Of what we cannot say, but we sure do it professionally. Welcome to checking out the competition. Technically, Boston Bruins again, but I'm I'm going to choose to address this as the outdoor Tahoe game, checking out the competition, so that I don't have to think about the Bruins as much as I would normally. But <laughs> we're, we've got Skylar here again from Stanley Cup Chowder. Sky, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. It's been a long day of shoveling and then realizing you didn't really have all that much reason to shovel. So... I'm having a good day. Isn't it fun when that happens? Yeah. You work real hard and then it just goes away by itself anyway. Yeah. It, it, I, I had I had the last uh, forecast that I saw before it actually started coming down was like, you're going to get six inches of snow. And I was just like, oh, my God, I got to do everything and get all the ice melt, get my uh, snowblower uh, gassed up. And then I walk outside. It's like, I can just do this with a, a push. <laughs> a push the the push uh shovel so that's egg on my face but you know what i'm okay with that i'd rather be over prepared than under prepared that's true that's a small loss in my opinion so mm-hmm. we were talking before technically we started and i was saying that like or i was thinking to myself maybe i didn't say these words out loud who can say these little pregames this season it didn't occur to me that they would be so difficult because we're playing the same teams over and over and over again in pretty close succession. So it's like, yeah, yeah. We just, it, it, we just saw the Bruins on the fifth. It's the 20, it'll be the 21st when we're playing this game. Not that long ago. And the Flyers have been doing absolutely nothing because they've been coveted out. But, um, just to catch everybody up, the Bruins have gone two and two since they last played the Flyers. They lost to the New Jersey Devils most recently, the stupid New York Islanders before that, and beat the Rangers twice. So I guess maybe just give us like a little catch up on what the last two weeks have been like for the Bruins. Uh, well, the one thing that definitely uh, overran this whole last two weeks was uh, New Jersey's COVID problem. They had like uh, around, I think it's coming up on almost a week and a half's worth of days off because New Jersey had been the plague rats of the East. And so when they came back, you could already tell that something was up. Um, They had lost uh, Matt Grizzlick and Jakob Zaborl at some point over the first or second a New York Rangers game, and that really messed up their uh, their mojo 
coming into the Saturday game against the Islanders. Um, their offense started to splutter again, which was kind of the, the thing that we were all afraid of. And then they have uh, f- almost five days off, almost a week off to go wait to play the Devils. And then they're just not prepared for the Devils whatsoever. They tried to break up the lines, try and get some scoring going at five on five. And then it just, it nothing worked. Absolutely nothing worked. And it is very frustrating because you know that most of this team can do stuff. So when in critical situations, uh, their least talented players like Sean Corrali and John Moore are on the ice and you're giving up goals with them clearly unable to clear the puck or even get it up ice. Um, it, it starts to make your eye twitch a little bit. It's been a very frustrating couple of weeks. Huh. That's interesting. I got to tell you, I saw that loss to the Devils and got a little excited because if we're being real with ourselves in Flyers land, mm-hmm. it's been the Bruins that have been the most frustrating team that we've been playing against this year. A team that we're not even really supposed to be playing against this much. But here we are. Yeah. And it would be nice if the Bruins might be struggling enough to allow the Flyers to perhaps beat them once, maybe outside. Although, I mean, again, if we're being honest with ourselves, so just in case anyone listening doesn't know this, though, I would be surprised. The Flyers are going to be without Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, Travis Konechny, Oscar Lindblom, Scott Lawton, and Justin Braun. So, you know... Yeah, um, a solid half be, of the top six. It's going to be very out. nice to play the Philadelphia Phantoms. There's um, a lot of Phantoms. We've got Andre's brother is ooh, up on nice. the team. Andre Kasha's brother David is up on the team, but but your Kasha is not playing, right? No, he has a concussion, and given his uh, mm. concussion issues, I really don't think we're going to see much of him for the rest of the year. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's it a real sucks. bummer. Um, any other? players out for you guys right now well we lost david krejci last game so it's been a bad week oh yeah i really can't overstate that um (laughs) but again but again they lost pretty much every player of note on their left side d which is really bad really Mm -hmm. just really bad they are considered day-to-day which is better but uh david krejci got hurt and they the only thing that we got from the team was uh, lower body injury, and that's all we can tell you right now. Which means it's probably not good if mm. the trainer couldn't figure it out right then and there. And that really it's once again testing the depth of this team, which has been the I think the overarching uh, theme of Bruce Cassidy and Don Sweeney's uh, tenure as Bruins GM and coach is this team gets hurt a lot and it's not mm-hmm. just because they're young they're not just not just because they've got a lot of old guys it's that um this, the injury bug loves them i can't think of a reason for that to be the case and so it it's a very frustrating setup i don't know if they've called anybody up yet i would be expecting either someone like oscar steen who's been playing uh, pro level hockey throughout the year um and has been 
and was playing with a pro team during the during the stoppage. And I, I honestly, I think would probably do pretty well in this current system. Or they're going to pull up Greg McKegg, who is a guy. Yeah, but he's got a really cool name. Yes, he does. And I understand that Carolina fans really like him, even mm-hmm. though that he was absolutely not the reason why they were as good as they have been. I'll tell you what. If I've learned anything over the last month and a half, it's that mm-hmm. hockey fans like to attribute a team's success to the most random player on the team and not the ones that are actually good at hockey. It's a very strange thing. Oh, it's it's the I called it the junk food hockey player. Mm. Um, there and over the off season, I came up with the idea of the junk food hockey player who has absolutely no real on ice impact, or at least no on ice impact that really uh, improves anything. But they make you feel so good when they're out there, and that can happen to even uh, people who think objectively about this sport or people who really uh, get in on analytics. Is it's not even a comfort thing. It's when you see this player, you get that sugar high. But as we as we all know, if you have too much sugar, you will eventually crash, and you'll and you'll also just get bloated and unhappy. So it's true. It's, yeah, you eat the Reese's Cups, and while you're eating them, delicious, wonderful, sublime, enjoyable, and then, you know, two or three days later, you remember that you should not have eaten the Reese's Cups, because they have perhaps ruined your life a little bit. And you're also sitting there, arms splayed out, wondering yeah. why you can't move. Exactly. It, you, 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 one, or, one or two is fine. Uh, a junk food hockey player is a sometimes player, to quote the great and honorable philosopher of our time, Cookie Monster. The <laughs> it's it's something you really only need one or two of, and the the fear that I have coming into this game is that the junk food hockey players are probably going to start over could not going to could start to over outnumber the players that can actually do something on the Bruins. And I really don't want that to be the case because Lake Tahoe as over as goofy as an idea this is, and as kind of sketchy morale wise as to whether or not this is actually a good idea. It's a cool venue and I'd like to see them win. So before we get to the outdoor game, which mm-hmm. we definitely are going to talk about. There's one more bit of um, things Kelly actually looked up and read about on the internet that I want to talk to you about um, regarding the Bruins. So just looking on the Stanley Cup of Chowder homepage today, mm-hmm. I noticed that the big story is Charlie Coyle sucks, which, you know, again, <laughs> that's, a for bit me, of a, that's a bit of a stretch. I'm, I'm summarizing. paraphrasing maybe but you know the gist of the article is charlie coyle sucks so what's uh what's going on with charlie coyle um there is a theory that he might be playing with some kind of nagging injury um the other thing is that uh the thing that made him so impressive the first time is that the uh, third line of the bruins prior to him becoming uh a bruin was utter chaos there was you had no idea how they were going to play at any given moment and that really stunk so 
that meant that you couldn't really. So when he came in, uh, they played really well because he was on that line and he was driving the play. And then when they got to the playoffs, he was playing out of his mind and he really looked like a great solid depth signing that was going to possibly maybe step into David Krejci's shoes once he played um, enough games, really gotten into the Bruins system and whether or not they could actually come up with a, a, a workable solution for a post David Krejci life this year. Um, he didn't, he's looked more mortal than I think he ever did prior. And I think part of the, part of the problem is, is that uh, his is that he's not able to really keep up with these kind of uh, fast water bug players that sometimes he has to be uh, popped up on. Cause this is no longer the kind of hockey that he plays is no longer the standard for third lines anymore. You can have skilled third lines and there are a lot of teams in this East division that do. And so he's looking a little, it's looking like he wants to drive play. It's just that they are, there are players already on top of him. And so I think that's really, it's, it's causing him trouble trying to figure out how he can actually contribute, but then also, you know, make plays, which is a big, it's looking not great for him right now, but it's mm. still very, very early. So personally speaking, I think that I think that we need that he either needs to start to adjust the way that he plays or his line needs to stabilize because players are popping up in and out of that line all the time. And one of the things that did make that his line work was consistency over the past couple of years. And so I hope that if he has line mates for more than uh, three weeks at a time, he'll probably end up looking better, but he also has to, he has to step his game up as well. He has to make that next step to say, okay, I can't always take over shifts anymore. I've got to do something with the wingers that I have. I have to use all the tools at my disposal right now because he didn't have to use that last time. Yeah, there does get to be a point where it's like, you know, you're a professional hockey player. You have to, you have to do the things. It's not just doing the things. You have to adapt to the times when you can't do the things. Yeah, yeah. Important. I mean, it, yeah, I there's been a lot of this with the Flyers as well this season that, you know, players struggle because the coach isn't putting them with the right players or they're not performing on the power play because they're out of position. Like there, there are always excuses. And I do think that there is definitely merit in those excuses for the most part, but also at a certain point, like you know how to score a goal. Like you know what you're supposed mm -hmm. to do out there. And the the new guys that you're playing with, um, they're also NHL hockey players. So maybe they're not like the guys that you're used to, but like they're probably okay. Like they're yeah. probably not bad at hockey. So like yeah. you can probably try a little I don't know. I yeah. I get frustrated sometimes, but you know how it is. So let's get to the fun stuff. Okay. Outdoor hockey. So let's go outside. I'm going. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but you sounded a little bit like maybe you're not super into the idea of this game. So I will just start off by saying, 
that despite my best efforts to be completely cynical about outdoor hockey games, especially the stadium series, which I find completely extraneous, like it doesn't need to exist. It's extremely um, extraneous. It's very, it's very I, stupid that they even decided to have it. Yeah. And then, so I, I was all the way out on those. And then um, Bill Matz from our pod talked me down by reminding me that the stadium series games, the NHL makes too big a deal out of them and they really shouldn't be like a whole big thing. Like they're really just events for the team that's hosting them and for the fans of the team that's hosting them and perhaps the team that's also playing in it. But it's, it's not, they promote them too much. Like they, they make too big a deal out of them and as such make them annoying. So even with that, um, mm-hmm. I turn into a small, excitable child when I see something like what we're seeing in Tahoe because it is just sometimes this league just like hits it like perfectly right out of the park, despite yeah. their efforts to screw themselves at all times. This one to me looks like a winner despite the fact that the Flyers probably shouldn't be playing hockey games right now. Um, That aside, like the spectacle of it, I'm kind of really looking forward to. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking right now at an image of the avalanche who are also going to be playing on Friday on tonight, actually. No, is it Friday? Is it Friday or Saturday? Well, I, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. the The point is, I am looking at an image of the Avalanche practice at Tahoe, and right behind them, right behind their goalie, is the mountains and the lake, and it's it is just... the most gorgeous image I have ever seen. It's this amazing. is going to look amazing on television. I honestly think, and I, I know that this will never happen because, you know, money. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do outdoor games and and they want it to be appointment television the way that they, they really tried to make the Winter Classic. And I really think that they were on their way to doing that with the Winter Classic, but then they decided to keep adjusting it so they didn't have to compete with college football. And that was very stupid of them. If they had kept it. Every year, New Year's Day, we're getting an outdoor hockey game. It would have become a thing. But again, the NHL can't help but screw themselves. This, I think, is the way to make people want to tune in to an outdoor hockey game. Because you cannot deny the fact that seeing this is just insane. It's insane. Like, this is what... If you want to do the whole, like, oh, going back to your youth and playing on the pond, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is it. Like, this is oh, the way absolutely. that you convey that. And it, it's amazing. And if they were smart, they would just pick some kind of crazy-ass wackadoo location and do it like this every year. We're doing it next year at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Let's go. Oh, dude, uh, don't have any ideas. That would know. be awesome. Or, like, I, they no, could do, I, like, you know, I want bam. them to do it at Tempe in Arizona State Stadium, and I want only warm-weather teams there. I want people to lose their minds. <laughs> Can we do like Phoenix in August? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Phoenix versus Florida in August. Let's yeah. go. 
just t- really test the limits. Of I just want to. I want to see Clayton Keller sweating bullets <laughs> with all that gear on. Just play the oh, whole man. game on that like fake plastic like practice ice that people. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, please do that. Call us. Oh, that's yourself. perfect. But yeah, I am. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this, and I think oh. I'm gonna be like. I'm going to get like goosebumps like a stupid nerd and I'm going to be really excited about it. And then the Flyers are probably going to get just their asses whooped all over the ice and then I'm going to well, get mad. But let's let's not let's not let's remind ourselves of something. As beautiful as outdoor hockey is, as absolutely gorgeous as it always has been and every time that the camera sweeps across and you go, "This is what it's all about" and you really get into it. The second the puck drops, suddenly a great un, just unspoken truth of outdoor hockey occurs to you. And that's no matter where the hockey is, if it's outside, the ice sucks. It sure and, does. And the puck will might as well be uh, popping on landmines. It is going to take all sorts of bizarre shots. And... We're and the goals that will go in will either be the coolest goals you'll have ever seen or the greasiest, like you couldn't possibly have missed that kind of thing that's ever happened. It happened in the Flyers game uh, about ten years ago now. Oh my god! And it happened in the Habs Bruins games. It happened in all of the Stadium Series games, and it's just been like it's just been like that. So it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a much closer game than. Even having, oh my god, that's actually six players out. Um, Because of the way that the Bruins have to make a decision on their centers by Saturday, and then they got to bounce on over to Tahoe, and and they've got to figure things out, Not maybe not quite as much as the Flyers do. They're both going to be dealing with the same problem in that uh, they're used to climate controlled ice and climate and more and more players are going to be used to climate controlled ice than they're going to be used to my pond froze over and the guys are outside kind of hockey. Yeah, so, that always makes me think of that tweet from ages ago where it's like interviewing a 19 year old from Toronto who spent his entire childhood in like elite ice hockey training facilities. Doesn't oh yeah. This remind you of your childhood? Oh yeah. Well like <laughs> like even even your even your average player, you know, they're not going to they they probably don't even know where their local pond is most of the time. Yeah. And the kids who would who would have been starting this year have been inside all year. Like they there are more and more of these kids kids who their idea of of youth hockey is them in a grimy rink. Mm-hmm. Like why can't we do why can't we do a grimy rink classic in the worst rink in your local state? Because if anything, that is going to become more nostalgic than anything that the that uh, Lake Tahoe could bring. Oh my but, god! I, I, I mean, know you're joking, but I'm like I mean, so yes. hard into this idea. I like some super like super want to see uh, the the NBCSN crew freezing their butts off. In a rink somewhere down in Waltham, Massachusetts, that previously was used to store meat for the local uh, for the local restaurants. Just like a random like community hockey rink in like Moncton, 
where yes, there will be like there will be a Tim Bits practice and then a ringette game and then uh, the Bruins will play the Blackhawks. Practice. <laughs> 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 It would be that would be hilarious. Ring it game, men's league game, and then Flyers pick Penguins. <laughs> Free fried dough for the kids. So it sounds like neither of us are super positive about how our teams are going to perform in this in game. In fairness, in fairness, both of our teams have gone through some tribulation right now. The Flyers have a uh, a fourth line of. Sam Moran, mm-hmm. Andy, I call him Andy, Andy, Andy Andreoff, and Maxim, okay. Maxim Shushko. Okay, cool. Have you you made all of these? those names up. You exactly. made every single one of those names up. We have Michael Roffel and Nicholas Albay-Cubell on the second line. They were fourth liners a week and a half huh. ago. That's not good. Things are going well. Um, yeah. You know, to be, to be honest, this lineup held its own against the Rangers. Now important to remember that the Rangers are absolute ass this season. Yes, complete ass. So that was, you know, a low bar for them to reach out of the gate, but they did it. They lost in a shootout, which is, you know, you got you know, the point. We, you got the point. You got the point. And if you, I mean, you're down six of your best players, well, five of your best players and Justin Braun. And mm-hmm. The NHL forced you to play the game. So it's kind of like getting a point. I'll take it. Um, But I, the way these Bruins games have gone, I'm just. You you wouldn't mind if this was a postponed to 2022. Yeah. I, I, maybe both teams will have fun out there. Here's hoping because, uh, I can guarantee you that just looking down this uh, roster, uh, absolutely none of these guys are ever going to forget it because it may be the only time they were flyers. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's 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 half a Phantom team. It's, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Good for them getting their good, chance. Good for, good for those Phantoms good to get to them. go out and play an NHL team. Outside on Lake in Lake Tahoe. Outside in Lake in Lake Tahoe, at the bottom of Lake Tahoe. <laughs> Challenge hockey go. So let's go ahead and make a prediction. Okay. For this mess. I'm gonna go first this time. Go for so it. So I feel like these kinds of games go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. A one zero win in which the one goal is fluky as fuck. Yes. Or like a, a nine seven ridiculous like shootout because everything's crazy and no one knows what they're doing. I'm going to say this one's going to be a one zero fluky goal, probably not that exciting hockey game. Cause I feel like, as you said, the ice is going to be terrible because it is. And I feel like NHL coaches hate fun and will resist it whenever possible. So, you know, defensive shell, playing conservative, all that kind of crap. So we'll see, like, a very timid couple of teams, and then someone will get a weird bounce, and then that will win the game. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's the Flyers are going to win. Do I believe that in my heart? Hard to say. But I'm going to say the Flyers win this one nothing. 
any game that you have Sean Couturier, you have a chance at winning. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, that's really all you need to worry about now. I'm more or less in agreement. I think it's going to be another one of those patented 2-1 games where Mm. one team scores and then they don't do anything for the rest of the game. And... The it becomes a big old moment that the NHL can put in their advertising when the other team comes back in the second or third period and then wins the game. Oh, so a, a Penguins Flyers outdoor game special. Yes, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Flyers are not playing the Flyers. They are playing the Boston Bruins and coming back in the third period and winning is their specialty. So I think it is going to be a 2-1 victory for your Boston Bruins. All right. And they are your Boston Bruins, in spite, of what, lying, the, in spite yeah. of what the liar at Wells Fargo's PA guy is telling you. <laughs> they are your Boston Bruins. I Cherish them. them. Love them. <laughs> I will never. That's unfortunate. I know. Well, this was fun, and we yeah. got... What, I'm going to be honest with you, Skylar. I thought this was going to be like eight minutes long. <laughs> so I'm well, going to say that we absolutely crushed this. Oh, absolutely. This, this is actually a lot to talk about, even in like a week's worth of games, because now they all count. Yeah, Every right. single one of them counts for more than it ever could. All of a sudden, we're like in the playoff push somehow. Yeah, it's it's, And it's confusing, and I'm scared. I don't like any of it, but we're going to go with it. We might all be insane by the time it's over, but we're going to go with it. It's okay. We all know that there are still two things that are absolutely true. Whatever's going to happen, one of the Canadian teams is going to be proven to be deeply fraudulent, and that the <laughs> Buffalo is at the bottom of the division. Everything is fine. We still know things are right. <laughs> Some universal truths are just universal truths. Can't and fight thank science. God. Thank God. So everyone should check out Sky's work and the rest of the team at Stanley Cup of Chowder. They do excellent work over there. You can go read about how Charlie Coyle sucks. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. <laughs> to be saying that Nolan Patrick is a bust because he's on the third line. Oh, don't get me started. Anyway, um, yeah, everyone enjoy the game. Enjoy the pretty, if nothing else. Perhaps the hockey will be ugly, but at least we'll be looking at some prettiness in the background. Hopefully there won't be too much Pierre Maguire. I think it'll be fun. Go and Flyers. If there is too mu- and if there is too much peer, you can always mute the game. Just watch this beautiful, beautiful painting. That's true. Who needs sound? Sound, sound is overrated, as I've always said on podcasts. Yeah, right. That's why we don't have one. <laughs> People should only listen to podcasts and not any other sounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sky, thank you so much for doing this. No problem. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.